In today's Gospel, Jesus begins his preaching ministry by going into the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth on the Sabbath and reading from the scroll of Isaiah, selections from chapters 61 and 58. The Isaiah text, in turn, is referencing a previous passage in Leviticus chapter 25 regarding a Sabbath rest for the land every seven years and a fiftieth or jubilee year, a Sabbath of Sabbaths, whereby all debts are cancelled, slaves who have sold themselves as such to pay debts released, and all ancestral land reverted to its original family owners. Thus the economic imbalances that built up over time would be checked so that a restoration of the social order be achieved. The prophet Isaiah, in turn, takes the Leviticus chapter 25 passage and projects it into the future as a kind of messianic jubilee, that is, total salvation of God's people, body, spirit, individual, and communal. The passage could be interpreted as specifically applying to the release of Israel from captivity by the Babylonians as a year of jubilee. However, since such release did not achieve its objective, with Israel being again and again subject to bondage and oppression, the passage had a future application. After Jesus reads the passage from Isaiah, he rolls up the scroll and says, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So far so good as regards the people listening, because they mistakenly understood these promises once again as being exclusively for Israel, this time its release from Roman subjugation. However, Jesus will apply the passage to freedom from true slavery to sin, and not just as regards Israel, but all people, especially those who recognize their need of healing. So Jesus, quoting from the Isaiah scroll, says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Notice there is no restriction in this passage to the, quote, chosen people. But to make the point explicit, Jesus references a time of drought during a period of great apostasy in Israel when many widows suffered, but God sent the prophet Elijah only to the foreign land of Zarephah in Sidon to provide for a poor widow and her son. And again, there were many lepers in the time of the prophet Elisha, and none of them were cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. In other words, God's jubilee was intended for those in need who would receive it gladly. Jesus' words have both a physical and spiritual application. Giving sight to the blind, for example, will take place physically and other healings as well. In Luke chapter 7, verse 22, Responding to the inquiries of John the Baptist's disciples, Jesus says, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news preached to them. End of quote. But these words of Jesus in Luke chapter 4 will also, and more importantly, extend to spiritual healing and act as a kind of warning to Israel not to repeat the apostasy of their ancestors. Such words cut Jesus' audience to the heart, because originally in the Old Testament, this was Israel's mission to the nations 
which it failed to carry out because their own sin and spiritual blindness caused their failure. Hence the extreme reaction of the crowd, who filled with wrath tried to throw Jesus off a cliff. Thus the first sermon of Jesus apparently ends in failure. But this is only the beginning, and Jesus' whole mission will turn on this truth so that the theme is repeated again and again. We see, for example, in the Beatitudes of Matthew chapter 5 and the woes of Luke chapter 6, the same sermon preached in a different way. The message is enacted in Jesus' ministry as he practices what he preaches through many miracles of physical and spiritual healing. It is carried on by the apostles in the book of Acts, especially as we see in chapter 15 the momentous decision of the Council of Jerusalem to remove legal obstacles to the Gentiles entering the church and having access to the sacraments. The question for us today is whether we will carry on Jesus' great message of Jubilee. For as baptized Christians, we share in Christ's ministry of priest, prophet, and king. Fortunately, the church lays out a path for us to follow in the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. That is, admonishing the sinner, instructing the ignorant, counseling the doubtful, bearing wrongs patiently, forgiving sins willingly, comforting the afflicted, praying for the living and the dead, feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, clothing the naked, sheltering the homeless, visiting the sick, visiting the imprisoned, and burying the dead. These spiritual and corporal works of mercy are not meant to be restrictive or narrowly interpreted to the letter. Rather, we must be creative in their application, adopting our ideas to the changing times and circumstances. In this period of COVID and civil unrest, Christ's mission of liberty to the poor, to captives, to the brokenhearted, and to the oppressed is our mission. May our prayers, calling on the name of God, strengthen our resolve to be active in such a time as this. Let us also be mindful that each day is new and unique, presenting opportunities that will never come again. Each act of love will be locked in God's eternity and never forgotten. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that always pondering spiritual things we may carry out in both word and deed that which is pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen.